Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Prefontaine. He is a real estate expert. His book is called Real Estate on Your Terms, and his website is realestatecoach.com, smartrealestatecoach.com. Welcome to the show, Chris. Well, thanks for having me, Jordan. So you have quite an interesting story of uh, having kind of a rough time in 2008 and then turning it around. Uh, just tell us briefly, we're going to get into more detail, but tell us briefly the, the path you've had uh, to making real estate successful for you and your followers. Well, uh, and I'll, I'll be brief. We can always go back. I, um, I've been in, at real estate in one shape, form, or another since the early 90s, so I'm going to date myself here. Um, did some building, single-family home construction, things of that nature, then jumped into a uh, purchase of a realty executive's franchise, meaning from the realtor side of things as a broker owner, and then did um, a bunch of rehabs. Uh, when, when After I sold that company to Coal Banker, I started doing some rehabs and, and uh, condo conversions. And then that brought us to the to the lovely uh, 2008 debacle. So let's just before we're going to get into something more detail later, since you talk about it in your book a lot. But let's kind of have a broader overview here. Why is it that real estate and what you do, particularly buying and selling and rehabbing homes, why is that something the average person who may not have a lot of expertise in real estate pursue as a way to make money and improve their lifestyle? Well, I mean, generally speaking, that what the piece I love about it, what we do, Jordan, is we're we're doing it without going and taking out a bank loan and the associated risks with that. Um, you know, we're doing it all on, like the name, on terms. And so the average person can and, and should do that uh, and keep themselves very well protected and, and very, very cool pathway to building up some wealth. Who is this appropriate for? I mean, do you have to have like negotiating skill or do you have to understand math very well? What are some of the skills that you need to make this successful? Well, uh, we can we can talk about skill sets as as someone kind of goes down the pathway, but I'll tell you first and foremost, they got to like talking to people. I mean, I, I'll get some people that ask me and it's fresh in my brain because they, just this week someone said, can I just do this like from my computer and, you know, kind of send someone out to the house? And I said, oh, all that sounds good, but this isn't a push button. You got to love talking to people. Now, if they say I, I can talk to people or I'm good at it or I'm comfortable talking to people, then we can start developing skill sets around scripts and things of that nature specifically for my business. But real estate in general, if they, if they can talk to people, then that's, that's a good foundation. So let's kind of get into the details. Why do you need to be able to talk to people? This is on the – when you're buying, you need to be able to convince the sellers to sell your home. And when you're selling, you need to convince the buyers to buy it. Is that basically what you need to negotiate with them? Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I'd change in that wording there is the word convince because I, I tell all my students, look, I, I don't want to, if I'm talking to a seller, my goal is like an accountant, like an auto body repair shop, but my goal is to help them solve whatever they got going on. And I don't want to say problem, it's not always a problem. I want to help them get a solution to what they have going on in their life. And so I don't want to convince them of anything. I want What I want to do is show them a, 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 some options. I want to show them a pathway. And then if I'm sitting with a buyer for one of our properties, certainly all I'm doing there is educating them on the different ways that we perhaps could get them into a home. So yeah, both of those entail some type of communication at some level, even if it's you know mundane, scripted, and you, you got to be able to talk it through. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. So does this work in any real estate market or only when real estate prices in general are appreciating? Uh, great question. So this does work in all markets. It's just I, I tell my students, you just got to learn how to fish in a different pond. So, for example, uh, I'll, use, I'll use exact examples. I've got a gentleman in Orlando. Well, that real estate market is smoking hot right now. It's, things are selling. It's a, it's a good market for sellers. Or the, uh, and even still, he's super busy with our techniques and our ways of buying. Now you switch markets to a, I've got an engineer out in Pennsylvania. That market is not real, real hot right now. It's still kind of lukewarm at best. It's slow. And he's doing real well. So a person in the hot market might have to talk to a few extra sellers to find a deal. But there's plenty of deals out there in all markets. It really, uh, a better answer to your question is once they, once we, once everyone understands how to become what I call kind of that engineer, you know, how to engineer a deal, they can operate in any market. So what should people, say they want to get into this uh, real estate transaction you're talking about, <clears throat> should this have to be their full-time jobs? Can they do it on the, on the side? How much time and effort should they involve, should they uh, devote to this to make this work? Yeah, it's a good one because I have told people if they came to me as a, as a brand new person, never did real estate before, and they said to me, I've got 40 hours, I almost wouldn't know what to tell them to do for 40 hours. I mean, I could fill the schedule, but they don't need 40 hours. So let me give you a couple of tiers, so to speak, because that's a, a bit of a loaded question without knowing someone's goals, right? So we can match the goals with their expectations in their schedule. But generally speaking, someone can get themselves somewhat proficient, somewhat comfortable, uh, well-scripted, confident in somewhere in the five to 10 hours a week range. And then once I get to know them and get to know their goals and how aggressive they really want to be, I can, I can bring it to the next level for them. But most of my people that I've been either partnering with or training in some shape, form, or fashion are part-time. Um, they, they, they're looking for a plan B out of their job or they love their job and they just want to create some wealth on the side and they're comfortable doing both. Um, so we see all different types. It does not require by any means full time, full, full time. So what do people get when they go to smartrealestatecoach.com and what services do you offer to help coach people through this process? We actually, um, run Jordan, a family company here. So it's myself, my daughter, Kayla my son-in-law, Zach, and my son, Nick. And I share that because I don't know of, and maybe they're out there, anyone in this education field inside of real estate that has that type of structure because we're buying and selling every day in the trenches, literally. We're doing deals. And then as we learn, as we hit speed bumps, as we have successes, as we have come up with new contacts, whatever it might be, a new script, we share that on our site and with our members. And, and as far as what they can get on the site, um, we actually recently, um, I recorded a new webinar. It's free. They can go on my site. They can go on the webinar. Not only can they get the webinar for free, and there is some good content in it. I go about 40 minutes. That, that gives them an idea, hey, is this, is this a path I'd like? Is this something that gets me excited or I could utilize in my overall life plan? And then if they stick around to the end of the webinar, they get, I don't know what it is, $1,300, $1,400 worth of free stuff. We ship them out. I, I just want to load people up and let them make their own decision of, okay, is this something I want to do? And that kind of gives them that. And that's the main thing of the, of the website. And then once they're members, they have access to everything we do. So what does a membership involve? How much does it cost and what do you get from membership? Uh, a couple different levels. There's um, the basic membership that I refer to as kind of like a required resource is presently around $47 a month. 
they get into, when I say a resource, they get into all of our contracts, our forms, uh, meaning that we've done over the years with the attorneys for our own deals. And then they, of course, have to make them state-specific if, if changes are required. They also get into hearing live calls, so they really get to hone in on what does this sound like? Like, I saw the scripts, but what does Christmas team sound like when they're calling sellers and talking to buyers? Those are on there. And then there's all kinds of lessons on there that we help structure deals. You know, we do it right on a whiteboard, and we show them how the deal rolls out because all kinds of different ways that that, that can happen. Um, and the bottom line is, Jordan, I, you know, I've been criticized for this, so I'll, I'll say it, and that is that I kind of give them everything. I give them the good, the bad, the ugly. So if there's a lesson we hit this week as a stumbling block, it's a challenge, I put it on a lesson video and I get it out there. I want this, I want them to know, look, this can happen. It's not all roses. And so I'm big on that, kind of just letting them know everything that's out there. So there's one level is the 47, and then what's the second level? Um, after the $47, they can then decide um, one of four different associate levels. And I would equate this to them having a partner. The difference is the partner is my entire family. And we're actually in the trenches doing deals with them, calling sellers with them, uh, calling buyers with them. We're very, very involved. Um, and that's why I said earlier, it's rather unique. So the different levels there, you know, that's wide now. You're talking about a whole different level, but you're talking anywhere from, uh, 80-something thousand down to 10,000. Know, there's different levels that, that we involve ourselves in their business with them. So you act as a joint venture partner with them on specific deals. You put your own money and your own expertise into deals as well. Is that right? We put our own expertise because there's no money needed on these. And so if someone came to me, they're one of our associate levels, we call them, or, J or a JV partner that you refer to. If they came to me and said, look, I got this deal and, and it requires cash. I, I, we don't get many of those requests, but if we did, I'd look at it with them, and I'd either say, look, we're interested or we're not. You can do that one yourself if, I, if I'm not. But by and large, we teach and we do the deals with, with no money down or very little, you know, $100 deposit or something something like that. So what kind of returns could people expect? Say they do exactly as you said. They spend five to ten hours a week, follow your expertise, do exactly as you say, uh, and do you know several deals a year. What, what kind of returns, what kind of income could people earn following your techniques? Well, we just came off of our 2017 events. I've got the what I call in my book the three paydays kind of fresh in my brain here that I gave. So these are rough, rough averages as of about three weeks ago. We, we keep them up to date. Uh, payday number one, which for, the, for people that don't know what that is, they haven't read the book, it's just the, the upfront cash that you get uh, on a deal. It's, we, that's why we call it payday number one. Uh, that averages around $28,000 right now. Uh, payday number two is a monthly spread, so monthly cash flow that you generate on these deals. That ranges around $300. It can go from $200 to $1,000, but we range around $300 right now uh, in our family business. And then payday three is when you actually get the home cashed out. And there's different components of that, uh, but that ranges uh, somewhere around 50 to 65 So if you take all three paydays, depending on the term, Right now, we're running around $78,000 per deal. And just so I can be clear on this, the per deal means what? It means anywhere from, say, nine months to 60 months, average being around 36, that's going to be all the paydays that, are, that a person can expect to have. Now, again, I, I don't know their market, but that's an average, actual average that we've got going on right and now. This is without, without people putting their own money up at all. Yeah, yeah, they might put up 100 bucks. So if they're doing this in an IRA, the, the IRA, IRA uh, administrators typically want to see at least 100. 
So you, yeah, usually anywhere from ten to one hundred dollars. But minimal amount of money that they're getting yeah. getting those kind of paybacks. Yeah. So how many students do you have who actually implemented this successfully at this point? Just roughly. Uh, we've got about twenty five of those what I call associates, and and you and I are referring to as partners. And I will tell you, out of those, half of them are super super active by choice. And the other half are just picking along, doing a deal or so every other month. But the ones that are super active, you know, they're doing a deal and a half to a couple of them are approaching two deals a month. That's pretty significant volume when you're talking averages of 70-something thousand a deal. Terrific. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chris Prefontaine. Uh, his book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. His website is smartrealestatecoach.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Prefontaine. He's an expert on real estate. His website is smartrealestatecoach.com. His book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me. So on every uh, transaction, there are what you call the nine steps to becoming a master transaction engineer. So we're going to go through those steps briefly to tell people what's involved in doing a transaction on the buy side and the sell side. The first one, first step, is to locate seller prospects. So here's you're looking for houses that you might be able to, to buy and then do something with. What are some of the keys in locating good seller prospects? Yeah, and there's a reason it's number one. Clearly, if this doesn't happen, nothing happens, right? You've got to get leads in the door, what we call leads. And so we do it a couple different ways, uh, and I can go into as little or as much detail as you want. We uh, primarily use what I call a VA, a virtual assistant, 
This gentleman has been with us now for, gosh, four and a half years, so very, very well scripted. Uh, he just dials for sale by owners uh, in the different markets around the country, not just for us. And so that's our that's about 60% of what we call the property information sheets that we get each week. And so we're then doing we calling, basically, what you're saying. Well, yeah, they're not quite cold because they advertise the home for sale, right? So they kind of raise their hand, and then he calls them. They're for sale by owner on their own and not with a realtor, in other words, and he's okay. calling them. And why is it that you want to do it for sale by owner and not where it's listed through a broker of some kind? Well, if someone's listed with a broker, there's a commission due there, the seller, and there's no reason for them to have to incur that, that expense, number one. Number two, I was a broker before, so I have nothing against brokers. I own my own company, but... But the fact is that it will be a much tougher communication process if I got to call an agent, try to attempt to educate them on how we buy on terms. Most of them have no idea. And then that getting translated to the seller, I, they don't even go there. Uh, now, some that understand what we do, and there are a few, that actually refer us business when they can't sell a home, but we don't go looking for homes that are listed. Okay. So the, the, you're calling people... I guess there are websites like fsbo.com. What are some of the other ways that you identify the people who are potentially wanting to sell their homes directly? Yeah, we actually brought it to the next level on that note, um, Jordan. We have a service that we've customized over the years. We don't own it. It's a third-party service. And they provide, in any zip code you ask for, they provide all the for sale by owners. So this way, our virtual assistant doesn't have to take his time or her time to locate them, he just dials away right from a screen where we have these, where these live, you know, where we have them posted on a, on a portal. Um, and so that's the for sale by owners. And we do the exact same thing for what we call expired listings. So those are listings that were with realtors. They didn't sell for whatever reason and they expired. That's our other major source of leads for us. All right. So you call these people. So what is the approach to them? They've, their house is for sale. It maybe has been on sale for a while and hasn't sold or it broker listing expired what is your approach to those people well first and foremost and it, it's kind of like the it's in the same nine steps that you alluded to because now we get someone on the phone what's the next step kind of seeing if their house or more importantly their situation fits for how we buy and i'll, I'll give you a kind of a ten thousand foot view on this it's real simple if you were my seller my main question is if you got your full price because so far you haven't would you be open to doing that on a lease purchase or other terms? And the only person that that doesn't fit for is someone that says, look, I got X amount of equity in here and I need it all today to go buy a home for my family. In that case, we're not the best answer. And we tell them that. Everyone else, we can typically structure a solution for. So that's kind of the, for lack of a better word, the pre-qualifying process, if you will, to see if we're a fit, we're a match together, the seller and us. So you, you can't pay them the full amount that the home is worth in their mind right away. It's got to be spent over time, basically, is what you're offering. Is that right? One way or the Correct. other. Correct. Mostly a lease purchase or owner financing. And a, and a lease purchase is just going to keep their mortgage paid if there is one on there or get them a monthly lease payment if there's no mortgage. And then at the end, two years, three years, four years, uh, those are the averages, then so they'll get the bulk sum. Is that... A lot of sellers are willing to do that, or most sellers want their full equity up front? Well, uh, most sellers, clearly, if you ask them, would prefer they get their, their money up front and sell for full price, right? So I tell them. They, they all say that to me, many of them. I say, well, it's great. <laughs> That's 99% of the people would prefer that. But the fact is, depending on what market you're in, 
you've got somewhere between 60 and 80% of the buyers that can't go get a loan today. So that makes their, them selling full price pretty difficult. It's, it's, it's getting tougher for them with the banking constraint, uh, constraints. And so, yeah, they prefer that, but many can and will. You know, we buy four a month on average, and our students buy, let's say, one a month each around the country. It's a lot of homes. People want to do that, sure. So in a hot market where they can sell at full price, that's not going to be the market for you? Um, San Francisco or Seattle, someplace where it's a super hot yeah, market. Yeah, if you're in a city like that, Jordan, it does, it does thin it down. But I'll tell you this for a fact. In every market, it that you wouldn't be talking to Fizbo's if it's screaming hot. But you in every market, there are expired listings. In every market, there are people that get behind on payments. In every market, you know, there's a, there's tax advantages to doing on a financing. So there's different reasons that they would. But, yeah, it gets more difficult. You're talking to more people to get the same deal. So do you need the seller to be distressed in some way or extra motivated to make him willing to make a deal? No, because, good question, because some, it, if, certainly if they are, then we can help them uh, in most cases. But we just purchased a, a home recently, a 10-acre parcel, beautiful estate out in Pennsylvania, and that person was just moving, wanted to move with his five kids to Texas and didn't want that sitting over the winter and didn't owe a dime on it, but wanted full price, wanted, wanted to wait. And so he did owner financing with us versus, versus a lease purchase. So it's not always that they're in stress. It, it might just be the right situation tax planning or other reasons. Okay, so you've pre-qualified the seller. The next thing you need to do is to follow up properly and efficiently. So how do you do that? Well, most, uh, think of the word for sale by owner. Why are they a for sale by owner? They're a for sale by owner because whatever in their mind or someone told them, they get this done on their own. And so therefore, if you're calling them the day they started for sale by owner, they're not going to be open day one. Most, I can tell you, not every single one of them, but 99% of them won't be. They started to sell on their own because they think they can. So follow-up's key. Um, we'll just simply ask them, look, if it doesn't sell on your own, are you open to looking at some other options? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, how about if I give you a call in a month or two? You know, you just have that conversation. So the follow-up becomes a very, very big part. I wish it were as easy as the virtual assistant calls and we call and we get a deal. But follow-up's key. So, so the, the seller has to realize... He's not going to be able to sell it on his own, and then that makes him, by sitting a while, and that makes him open to the options you're going to offer him. Is that right? Yeah, for the for sale by owner, and the expired's already there because they didn't sell, so now they're probably stressed out with the market or just like realtors at this point in their life or whatever it is for them, so they're a little bit more, they're done more quickly. Follow-up is a lot shorter. If not, on the first call, I can sometimes get in the door, you know? So you pre-qualify them. The next thing you say is to place the seller in the proper bucket. What are some of the buckets you should place them in? Well, you know, there's different ways we exit a deal. That's what the buckets mean in the book. And, and so sometimes it's, a like I said, the lease purchase. Um, and, and sometimes it's owner financing. Sometimes it's, hey, I'm upside down this thing and I'm just leaving to Florida and I, someone could just take it over. So we actually buy the home subject to the existing financing staying in place. Uh, other times we might put it, and these are rare as I get further down the line with my explanation sometimes you might put your home under agreement and then uh, easily either wholesale or flip that agreement to someone else that's not our primary way but it is another bucket that sellers can go in our our two main exits or buckets if you will are the sandwich lease and the owner financing for sure we'll get into those in more detail a little bit later but do you approach them with what you think is the best deal or do you give them several choices up front once they've kind of pre-qualified and they want to work with you 
Yeah, great question because it, it depends on their situation. I'm, I'm always, and the kids now, morally and ethically kind of look at the whole picture going, you know what, I, I think you best fit here, Jordan. And so we do try to give them the best, and that might mean showing them one or two options, sometimes three, but it's usually one or two different options. And sometimes it's, look, either one of these are good for you, depending on your, um, I don't want to say ability, but their wherewithal to still deal with the property or, hey, I want hands off, give me the best option I want out of here. You know, it just depends on their situation. So do you come up, put them in the proper bucket. The next thing you say to do is to structure and present an offer. So you do that in writing or as a negotiation? How do you present that offer? We would typically uh, go see the home first uh, or sometimes we'll precede the visit, especially if it's further away and especially if I'm personally going out because the kids do most of it, my team. Uh, if it's something that I'm going to go out, I'm probably going to precede my visit with an email that does some of the communication about numbers and ideas to make sure we're on the same page. Uh, and then after the home visit, or when both sides are ready to move this thing forward, we are putting it into a formal agreement for them. Uh, but at that point, you're putting in an agreement because you, you kind of decided on all the numbers together as a working a working document or a working email. When you actually go and visit it, what kind of surprises show up when you see it as opposed to what they said it's going to be? <laughs> uh, believe it or not, most, most of the time is not a surprise, unless they clearly were out of state and had a renter in there and they were surprised by something I found. But no, the, usually people, for the most part, have been fantastic on that note. You, know, you get there, and if anything, the house might be a little nicer because on the phone they said, oh, you know, it's, excuse this or excuse that. It's not that great. And I get there and say, wow, it's fine. You know, so no, most of the time they're fine with that. And then once you've made the offer, you have to follow up on the offer. How do you do that? Uh, and the follow-up on that is a little bit easier because you, you again, typically, and this is, unless there's a misunderstanding or miscommunication, if you if I presented an offer to you, it's because we, we together mutually agreed to get to that point. You know, it's not like I'm out low-balling properties. We're trying to make this a win-win on both sides. And so all that is is, hey, Jordan, I'm, you know, I get you this today. You need some time to talk with your wife, I understand. So how about if I call you on Saturday or what's best for you? So that one we just agree on what the follow-up time is. Uh, unless something gets thrown at them for a curveball, be it banking or personal or health, uh, usually that follow-up on the offer is fairly short, like you know, days or, or a week. Do you find that you're competing with other people doing the same strategy, making offers to them that might be a better deal for them? You know, it's very rare. I don't get asked that much, actually. It's very rare for us to run into someone out there that would be quote-unquote competition for us unless they were literally one of our students who we'd gladly help and, and let them take the deal. But uh, we very rare, if ever, run across that because most people are, if they're wholesaling or rehabbing, they're trying to lowball these things, and it's just not what we do. I, I mean, I've done rehabs, but it's not our preferred method. Okay, so you then you follow up with the order, and then so what's involved in actually signing and closing of the deal? Okay, so at the beginning for a seller, um, if it's a lease purchase or an owner financing purchase and sales agreement, 95% of those are now done um, by our general manager, who's my daughter, sending a DocuSign, a document through DocuSign. There's other softwares, but they just do it electronically uh, to start the process. And then there are some things that need notarizing and or sitting in front of an attorney, uh, but a lot of it is done on uh, electronic now. Okay, so now you've, you've got the home committed. Now, before you've done that, have you already located a buyer or somebody who wants to lease and buy it eventually, or, or you, you do that once you've signed the deal on the selling side? We actually, we get asked this a lot by students because they think that you got to go out and generate this list of buyers for us, and, and no, you don't. In fact, I never did, and so we get the property, and then we market it, but by doing that, even on your very first property as a new student, 
you will develop a list of, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 or sometimes 100 buyers. Now you have a buyer's list that's starting. So you then in the future will do what? Start the normal marketing, but you also have a list. We've had people come back, Jordan, uh, four years ago, three years ago recently, who were on our list for that long, watching the properties come on, watching what we do, and then picking one. And so now our list number is, you know, 3,000 people around the country that, that want to buy a home through rent to Very good. All right, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chris Prefontaine. His book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. His website is smartrealestatecoach.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Prefontaine. He is a real estate expert. His book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. And his website, you can find out more about what we're talking about at smartrealestatecoach.com. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Thank you. So we've taken it through the process. We're basically, they now signed and closed. So what do you do to locate buyer prospects? Okay, so on the, on the quote-unquote closing, just so everyone's clear, too, I just thought of this. Um, they're, they're signing with us, uh, if it's a lease purchase, just on a lease. So the, the house is still in their name. Uh, and then on the buy side, if it's owner financing, sometimes we'll make a contingent upon finding this buyer we're about to talk about, and sometimes we'll close it. It's just a matter of our, our, uh, our level of, of business at that point. So getting the buyers... Um, it, it, it's certainly the easiest step. It's the one that causes fear with a lot of students because they say, okay, man, I got a house, but you know, what the heck am I going to do now? Um, there is an enormous uh, demand, Jordan, for terms. So buyers that can't walk in a bank today or don't want to and qualify for a loan, and they're looking for either rent to own or owner financing. And so you are, I will tell you with very few exceptions, you are never without buyers once you secure the right, the right property for sure. 
it depends, depends on the price. I mean, that they're going to be able to afford it. So if you're doing lease to own, they're going to be making rents for like three years, four years, something like that, and they're applying the rental income towards the purchase price. Is that the way it works? Uh, no, the first half of that is correct. They they are going to make a monthly lease payment, and that is not crediting their purchase price or their down payment. They are before they start making lease payments, they're going to obviously get pre-qualified by our credit enhancement company, but to see if they will be mortgage ready someday. But then they're going to make uh, a down payment. Uh, they're going to sit with our attorney. They're going to sign their lease purchase agreement with a down payment that's non-refundable in a game plan that says. They're going to go through credit enhancement, and they're going to stick with that program so that we can get them to the end zone and get them to the finish line. And then the lease payments do not credit uh, the down payment because I tell some buyers that we ask that. Not many do, but some do. I say, look, if I credited your lease payment of, say, $1,000 a month to, to principal, well, what the heck would give you incentive to go out and get a loan? You never would. And they usually chuckle. And they understand that. So, no, we don't credit that. We do have something very interesting. We call it the equity enhancement program. We allow on most properties the buyer to make additional payments on top of their lease of say $100 to $500. That we cap it at that for it become obviously clear why we do cap it. But we cap it at $500 in any calendar month. And if they do that, we match 50% credit off of the price. So if they come in with $100, we give them credit for $100 deposit. It's their deposit. It goes against the price. We also lower the price by $50. So we, it's a it's a matching equity program we have on almost every home we offer. And some of those people take advantage of it and some don't. So it sounds like there's a risk to this and that these are people who wouldn't be able to get traditional mortgages. They wouldn't be able to come up with 20% down payment. Their credit may not be fantastic. So there is a definite risk here that they won't be able to follow through on their plans to come up with a down payment and end up buying the home in three or four years. Right, so the process is critical. There are some, and this is good you brought this up, because there are some uh, teachers, uh, educators out there who say, who cares? Let them, let them default. It's not it's not our philosophy. We're, our game plan is this. So you come in the door, you're a buyer. You are going to apply. And on that application, we're not just going to get you screened for criminal, sexual harassment, credit, FICO score, all that good stuff. We also want to know by the company that does this for us, when will Jordan be mortgage ready? Will it be 12 months? Will it be 18? Will it be 36? If it's more than that, there's probably a problem there that's been brewing for 20 years and we can't accept them because they're not going to get cashed out. Even if they did everything right, they wouldn't. So we're only letting people go into these homes that kind of pass that prequal test, so to speak. And we get a report back saying, okay, I spoke to Mr. and Mrs. X and they can be mortgage ready by this date. Then at that time, we put them in the home. And so, yes, most people are going to have a credit challenge. We expect that. But I want to know why they got there. Is it a 20-year problem or is it a legitimate, you know, death, divorce, some kind of life event, which we can help them fix over time? Very big difference. So what happens if everything looks fine and then they lose their job or they get okay. sick? Or, you it know, does something happen. Happens. I, I yeah. call those life events. I, I have out of 50 deals, uh, unfortunately, for the last four or five years that I can remember, one or two a year, that's not too, too bad, but one or two a year have a life event. I can think of most recently, two people became disabled, too, in the household. And so that was a major problem for them. They had to leave. Uh, I can think of two women who were engaged and they broke up and they need both incomes. And so these life events do happen, again, one or two a year. Uh, luckily, as far as I can go back, I, I can't remember more than two in a year. And we do 40 or 50 of these a year. So not too, too bad. But it does happen. And then in a case like that, if they put money towards down payment, they're going to lose that. Is that correct? 
Yeah, most definitely. That's a non-refundable down payment. They tied the house up for that long, and, and so they go off and do their thing. Now, what we have done on occasion, I know educators will disagree with me on this one, too. We've said to them, look, I understand life happened. Uh, if you get back on your feet and you want to come back to us, it be it a year, two years, three years, um, we will credit whatever deposit you had to another home you may find. Because people do come around, and it might take two or three years, but they come around. Interesting. And then the final part of the process is getting the property sold. So it's typically two or three years until they're, as you call it, mortgage ready. And, and you, you help the buyers get through that process, or how does it work? Yeah, so we've got a really cool um, um, person on board here. He's national, and he's a mortgage broker, but he's had 19 years' experience of just doing lease purchases. He's able to, in a lot of markets, Jordan, this will be dated because these things change constantly. But right now, he's got some programs that allow these lease purchasers to treat their financing as a refinance versus a new loan, which for a lot of reasons, they're, they're easier, they're, they're a little more flexible, they're easy for him to underwrite. And so that was the most recent development. Um, so we don't tell them they have to go to anyone. All we say is, look, we got the specialist, he's amazing. Chat with him first after you get your credit and your order and see if you want to deal with him. Or some people go down to their local bank, you know, and they do their own thing, but we do help them if they want help. Have you found that the banks are much tougher now to deal with than, say, before the financial crisis? Well, yeah, there's no question. It, it spawned my entire business because, uh, look, I, I'm big, big, big on not dealing with banks. And, and last summer, my wife and I bought our own home. It's the only time I'll go to the bank now. And I literally haven't since 08. And I've got great credit now. It wasn't before. The, after the crash, it was awful. But I've got great credit now, and I had 38% down, and it wasn't easy. I said, I can't. How does a normal person do this? It's ridiculous how much they have to go through to try to get a loan now. So the short answer is, it's definitely harder. And I read a stat somewhere. And I don't. I, it was last weekend. It was a national stat. It said something about the owner financing deals in the early 2000s made up before the crash. Like it was small, 4% or 5% of all the transactions. And the projected growth for lease purchase deals and owner financing deals because of the banks is just through the roof. And so that's why I said it really is a huge demand for it. Okay, so let's go through the knowing which deal, which type of deal to use, uh, depending on the situation and, and the pros and cons of each one. The first one is called a signing out or an AO. Explain what that means and why was that the best deal for somebody? Yeah, so a sign out is this. I go to, I meet with you, and I'm going to structure a lease purchase, and you and I agree on terms. But um, the ones I can think of is an older couple. They, they had real estate all their life. They're in their 70s. And it was clear from talking to them that not only have they dealt with property, but they've also dealt with renters in the past. So the best money maker for them, not me, is for me to put the home in agreement like we always do. And then if it's evident that, that they can handle the buyer down the road, we locate our buyer still, like you and I talked about earlier, and then we assign that buyer back to the original seller to go ahead and deal with. Now, there's two reasons we may do that. One is, as I said, the person is a builder, or in this couple's case, they dealt with real estate. Some reason that tells me, you know what, they can deal with it. They don't need me in the middle. That's one reason. The other reason uh, might be, I put under agreement and I say to them, look, I'm going to try to create that payday number two, that monthly spread in order for me to stay in this deal. And But if I can't and we get to lower the price, I might have to just assign this back to you. And so that sometimes happens as well, as long as they understand the, 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 the different paths that can take. But that's what an assign out means. It means we're assigning out our interest. We're out of there. We only got one payday on that, not three. 
So what is you say one of your students is doing these things, but you are helping the student along. What do you get, and what the, what does the student get of these three paychecks? Yeah, on all the uh, different, there's four different levels that I alluded to earlier in the show. There's different splits, so it might be fifty percent each. So they keep fifty percent of profit, and fifty percent goes to us for our, our consulting fee. It might be 70, 30, just depends on what associate level, uh, and those are on the website, what associate level that they're that they're participating in. And some people choose to come in at some of the more inexpensive associate levels so they can start with us, and those splits are a little bit more advantageous for us. But then as they grow and do deals, they, they end up upgrading to the different levels. So there's different ways to, to get there. At, at higher associate levels, they get to keep more of the profit is what you're saying. Yeah, they keep more of the profit, and we, we cap out. In other words, we get out of their business uh, earlier in the game. If they don't want to do deals with us anymore, we're, we're kind of out of the picture for them so they can run on their own. The next kind of deal is what's called a sandwich lease. So explain what that is and why that much might be the most advantageous deal to make. Yeah, sandwich is kind of a classic. Uh, the word sandwich leases, too. It's not something we made up, obviously. And sandwich leases, I, I go to the same house. I structure the same lease purchase agreement. Uh, but uh, I, I do what I call stay in the middle. I go out and I find my tenant buyer. I collect a monthly check from the tenant buyer. I pay the seller or their mortgage in most cases. I'm paying the bank directly. And so I'm in the middle. I get the, the, the two pieces of bread of my buyer and my seller, but I'm in the middle. And, and people say to me, well, you aren't you kind of acting like a liaison or a realtor? No, I, we only do that and we only can do that for licensing reasons on properties that we own or control. You can't just go out and do that for a service, then you are acting like a realtor and you can't do that. And so what's the advantage to both sides of doing a sandwich lease? Sandwich lease is good for people that say to me, and I get this a lot in New England, Jordan, as you can imagine, they'll say, I'm going to Florida or I'm going to South Carolina. I don't want to know about this. Just tell me when I'm going to get that cash you, you said I can get at the end, you know, that full, that full equity I was looking to get. And so they want total hands off. So that's a great thing for them. Now, they are giving up profit, and we outlined this. That's why I said earlier, whatever morally and ethically is best for them, they're giving up the monthly spread because we're collecting it. They're giving up any principal pay down on the loan over the term because we're getting it at the end. They're locking in their equity, and they just know they're getting that at the end, and they don't have to do anything else. That's their, that's their huge advantage. And then how about from the buyer's side? On the buyer's side, and the sandwich and the AO deal that I just described, it doesn't change because they're still making the same payment and they're still getting the, the credit enhancement is still going to the same inline end zone, you know, to, 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 to succeed. Uh, who they pay their check to doesn't affect them at all. So it doesn't matter to them. Okay. And then the next uh, uh, strategy is owner financing. So why would an owner want to do that as opposed to the other two we just talked about? Okay. Sometimes we can go different levels here. Sometimes an owner financing deal will be because someone has a capital gains issue. They want to, uh, you know, spread out. Sometimes it's an owner, uh, it's a capital gains issue. They need to uh, nip right away, meaning they've been out of their house for more than, or about to be out of the house for more than two out of the five years, uh, look back period. So a lot of that's tax things. Um, other times we'll say to someone who is debt-free, they've got no mortgage in their house, and we do several of these per year. They're very good deals for the investor and for the seller. We'll say to them, hey, like the guy in Pennsylvania, we can give you your full price. We'll, we'll give you your, that's like four fifty or something that house was, $450,000. we will give it to you, but we'll give it to you monthly payments over time. So if you're willing to wait and take monthly principal payments until year, year uh, two or three or four, whatever we decide on, then we can get you your price. You just got to take payments over time. And by the way, Jordan, we, we make principal only payments. You notice I said there is no interest. 
And so the principal pay down for us is enormous. And for the seller, their advantages are more geared towards, does it work for them tax-wise? Does it work for them to not have to uh, report interest income? Does so it work they're not for them getting interest income. Pay? They're just getting their principal back at the agreed upon price, and they're not getting interest income from a mortgage in effect. Nope. Very good. All right, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chris Prefontaine. He's clearly a good real estate expert. His website is smartrealestatecoach.com. His book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Prefontaine. He is an expert on helping people buy and sell homes. His website is smartrealestatecoach.com. His book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Thank you, sir. So we're going through the different strategies, and one of them is called Subject to or ST. Explain how that works. Yeah, in this bucket, the um, the seller is going to actually transfer the deed. So we sit with the attorneys and we have what what uh, paperwork-wise is pretty much like a standard closing. The big difference is subject to means what? It means the deed's transferring to, say, me or my entity. It's uh, keeping the uh, existing mortgage in place, however. That's what subject to the existing mortgage means. So in other words, the seller's mortgage doesn't, doesn't go anywhere. It's not paid off. It's not assumed by the investor, by us, by you, by anyone. It remains in the seller's name. We're just making payments on it. Okay. So when does he get released from that mortgage? Uh, when we get our buyer cashed out, as in the other examples we just you and I discussed, then that mortgage gets paid off. Um, on occasion, the seller will ask us for some type of a date or intent, but most of the people that are deeding their properties over or selling them to a subject to frankly want to get out from under it. They just want debt relief. And I would say that almost every single one of them does not ask us for a date. 
they may email later saying, hey, how are you guys making out? It was a come out of my name soon. I get those on occasion, but but they're not really too concerned as long as it's being paid. And the bank has to agree to that, right? No, the bank doesn't agree to it. In fact, in the in the loan documents on most loans, most conventional loans, they they can be subject to the bank calling the note if they transfer it without paying off the loan. That's a, that's a condition of the contract. It's not illegal. It's a condition of the contract. Now, there's a Garmin St. Germain law that was passed back in the 80s that allows people to put that into a trust or do, do so for family uh, estate planning reasons, but they just have to know that. And so in our purchase and sale agreement, there's an entire page uh, letting them know that, yes, in fact, in your loan, whether you know it or not, there's a subject to clause. So be aware of that, that the bank could do that. Now, in all my history, and I don't know anyone that's run into it otherwise, but I'm sure they're out there. There's never been a bank that called any one of our properties as long as we're paying them. If you didn't pay them, that's a problem. But, but if, as long as you're paying the banks, uh, my experience has been that the banks are fine because they're getting their check. They don't, they're not in a property business. They want to get paid. Yeah. The next uh, strategy is wholesaling. So how does that work? We don't do a lot of wholesaling, um, but it's when you, and I'll tell you why, it's when the investor takes control of a property by way of, you know, either a person sale or, or um, a lease option agreement, any one of the agreements, and then wholesales it to another investor. So I may put something in a, under agreement, and for whatever reason, I want to move on from the deal or I want to just take some quick profit off the table, I may wholesale it to you for ten grand, 7500 you know, something small. Uh, we've done that on a few rehab deals before where the owner said, look, I, I, I want cash, and this is a rehab house that, that I can think of that we did recently. And I know plenty of people that do rehabs. I have some students that do just rehabs, and they've come to find us for other things. So I put an agreement, and I let the owner know that, look, I'm not going to be the one closing on it. I, I've got a team that does wholesale, uh, sorry, that does uh, rehabbing, and I'm probably going to wholesale the deal to them. And so we pick up a one, one little check, and we move on. Now, the reason I don't love it, Jordan, is there's small checks, in my opinion, and there's nothing about that transaction I just said that allows me to create any wealth or cash flow. It's just like you know trying to do a deal, and i got to go do another one. And that's not the model I love. So we don't do a lot of those, but the option's there. And then the next strategy is optioning. How does that work? Uh, similar with some, in some facets. I can think of a, a unique commercial property we did this on. I was not finding a fit to try to, to, try to flip it, but the owner really wanted me to, to find a solution for him. So I put it under agreement. I'll give you a rough numbers. I think it was like for 239, $239,000. Um, I was pretty confident I could get somewhere in the threes, you know, mid to high threes. So I put it under an option for $100, locking in the price for 239 or whatever it was. And I said, I just need 90 days. See, let me see what I can do in my, in my market, in my database. Uh, and then we were able to flip that uh, to, a, to a retail buyer that wanted to pay cash. So that it's just an easy way to do something that you don't, you're not quite sure of your exit on. It's a way of locking up the property and seeing how you do it without making much of a commitment. That's what you're saying. That's exactly right. You lose your hundred bucks or whatever you ended up putting out for an option. It'd be a big deal. So what did you learn? Tell briefly what happened in 2008 when you took a big downer here. And what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, well, I did everything the opposite of what I teach now. <laughs> so that is, we were on, um, oh gosh, 20 or so properties, maybe a little bit more than 20. We were on every single loan I was personally. And so there was nothing there that was cash flowing. My, my buy and hold uh, philosophy way back then was, well, it'd be fine. You know, the tenants are paying down the mortgages and a lot of people still do this to this day. And then uh, eventually I'll sell them off and, you know, that'll be my back end paydays. But the problem was when the market took that much of a correction, 
we were leveraged and we were personally on all the loans and that's a major, major headache. And so that's what kind of spawned the whole business we're in now, um, both from going through the credit issue, wanting to help buyers fix their, their situation because I had to do it, and, and also in how we buy property. So you've named the book a few times. It's called On Your Terms because every single property that you and I have just discussed or scenarios that we've just discussed, we control or own and we've done so with zero bank loans and next to zero cash. We control about, with our different associates around the country and our family team, we control around 15 million in uh, real estate right now. And by a show of hands at our last event, I said, who's put up money? And, and long story short, I had started at five grand, went all the way down to $100, and most of the deals were secured with 10 to $100, which is pretty amazing. That's all no banks. So what would happen if there was another major real estate downturn to your strategies? A couple things. So on the owner financing, it's it's by far one of the best, if not the best, um, hedge against that. Because remember on the owner financing, we're making principal-only payments. So over the course of three or four years, that principal is coming way, way, way down. Now, what if I just started it today? Uh, uh, some will say, well, well, and the market died tomorrow, which it could happen, right? So, well, you got to renegotiate like any other real estate deal. The difference is you're not on anything personally. And so we could talk for an hour about this. We don't have time. But the fact is when I can come from a position of strength when I'm negotiating, it's entirely different than saying, well, you're on this loan personally. <laughs> so we got you. And you don't have much negotiation, the skill or power there. rather. So why should somebody work with your firm uh, and go to smartrealestatecoach.com because there's a lot of people out there in the real estate education business, I guess you might say, offering similar kind of services. Why are you different and better? You know, we're all about doing deals, Jordan. I get asked that, as you can imagine, daily, most definitely weekly. We, With the family team in place, I don't know of any other support structure that, that A, does deals with them. So, I mean, holding hands, doing the deal with them, and B, being able to provide a team that says, all right, if you're going to talk about sellers, you're going to call Chris or Zach. If you're going to talk about buyers, you're going to call the buyer specialist, Nick. And if you're talking about forms, you're going to call Kayla and so on and so forth. So it's unique. I don't know of anyone else that can service it that big. Now, the second thing is this, and you'll see this in the testimonials on the site. We're doing deals. Many of my students, unfortunately, came to me after spending a whole bunch of money in education and getting zero deals done, which I still rack my brain on. I don't know why you'd go a year and not get a deal done. And so the short answer is we're getting results. They're getting deals done, and it's just at a very, very high level for those that are interested in that. Well, terrific. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Chris Prefontaine. He's clearly a good expert on the whole business of buying and selling real estate. Uh, His book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. His website is smartrealestatecoach.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Chris. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.